the internet says to call your shots. Today, we call some pretty ridiculous shots. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation and storytelling and getting jobs for animation and storytelling. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today, we're not actually trying to get jobs. What we're doing is a fun little experiment that we like to do that is part improv, part celebration of storytelling and animation, and just full-on fun. We usually like to do it right around the holidays just because it's something silly for everyone to listen to and enjoy. Um, But we're doing it a little differently. Uh, Before when we did this, we'd have our wheel of crossovers where we'd spin the wheel and come up with two shows. And I think you said it best, Mackenzie, two shows enter, one show leaves. (laughs) Spin the wheel of crossovers, get two shows, and then a wheel of, oh my gosh. what what was A tropes wheel, that's right. The wheel of tropes. And then spin out and we'd have to come up with the show that results from that, either the first episode or the pilot, or if it was a full length, we'd just have to pitch that as a team. This time the rules are different. (gasps) We're changing things up for the times in celebration for our, it's not for our, but of our Disney (laughs) plus adventure from last time, going through Disney DNA. If you haven't listened to that one, Go ahead and listen to it. We are locking ourselves to the Disney Disney verse of properties. So, Mackenzie, do you want to talk through our our rounds and what this looks like? Yeah. So this week, for the first two rounds out of three, we're going to give each other prompts, which we had never talked about before. Uh, <laughs> So, for example, Chris will give me a prompt to do, and then I'll have four minutes to pitch that show or movie based on whatever he says. Uh, (laughs) And then we'll trade that back and forth, move on to the round two thematic topic. Um, And in round three, we're just each going to talk about our own thing. So the rounds we're going through is round one. We're going to give each other a prompt for a reboot spinoff or sequel of a Disney property that would come to Disney plus. And we have to pitch what that is. And in round two, we're going to do a reverse Lion King 2019 and give the other person a prompt for something live action Disney that gets an animated remake because we're writers get animated. This is about animation, right? You see what we did there? We're taking it back, (laughs) making it animated. We're doing it not live. <laughs> doing it not live action. That's what we should. Yes, that's what we should have called this episode. Doing it not live action. Um, and then in round three, we're just going to dream big. We have um, our own dream projects that we're going to pitch in a four minute uh, thing. So we're not prompting each other. The prompt is just dream project. I've already cheated a little bit, so we'll we'll see what happens there. <laughs> You've cheated. I, I, I mean, couldn't choose, so I have, like, my three runners up before I actually start my four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the the whole goal behind this is just to 
to talk through story and character and and just see what's actually out there and what you can do with things. One of my favorite things to do is adaptations, and this is just a fun way to play. So for those playing the Writers Get Animated, it writes itself home game. You know, give your see what you could come up with and what's different for the prompts that that you get. And if you want to post them to our Twitter or send it to us somehow, I don't know, <laughs> comment, like, just to let us know what you would have pitched. That would be cool to hear as well. So um, do you want to start, Mackenzie? How do you want to do this? <clears throat> we didn't discuss um, this part. I'm, I'm good with either way. Um, if you want to give me a prompt first, I'm happy to, to spitball. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... All Are right. you gonna time me? I should ask you that too. I have I have my I have my phone here ready to hit the timer. Okay, okay, um, great. Let me open up the, the timer. Cause I feel like asking Siri to do it would cause some problems. <laughs> Let's see. We're only here for a couple kinds of problems today. <laughs> right. Two hours and fifteen minutes. Why did I have that timer? <laughs> Zero hours. Four minutes, and let's choose what is a good ringtone for this. Um, there we go. Okay, that sounds like the end of a dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the show will never come to exist. <sighs> Into the ether. <laughs> All right, so reboot, spinoff, or sequel, round one. All right, okay. so... I'm really sorry about this. All right. So here's the here's the Disney animated property. Okay. All right. Did I want to do that one? Maybe I don't want to do that one. Because it's a hybrid. I can't do that one. Never mind. You can do whatever you want. It could be a reboot of both at the same time. All right. Here you go. Um, <laughs> Song of the South. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't seen it, but I will do my best knowing just racism is involved. <laughs> if, you need, if you need to phone a friend, I'm here. So okay. Song of the South, it's not a reboot. It's not a spin-off. It's a sequel. Mm. Okay, just to help me out, um, give me some characters from it. <laughs> well, since we're writers get animated. Stick to the animated portion. We'll stick to the animated portion because I think that's possibly the safest way to to hit it. So that's yeah. the less racist part. Right. That's <laughs> they still have a ride based on that in Disneyland, so we're okay. So you basically have Br'er Rabbit, who's a very smart rabbit. You have Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, who are the antagonists who want to eat the rabbit. And Br'er Rabbit, who continually outsmarts them. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm good. So sequel with that. With that. Yes. If you want to okay. give it a give it a couple of seconds of thought, 
<clears throat> if it would help you to come up with actors that you would cast. Oh, I didn't even think about the actors part. Um, okay. I think I can be ready whenever you tell me to go. All right. Four minutes are on the clock. Disney property, Song of the South, sequel. Go. Okay. First off, for the sequel, Song of the South, um, entitled something like um, just South. One word. That's it. South. Um, We're going to have Br'er Rabbit representing uh, the tradition of what it means to be someone rural in the South Um, and representing that and uh, going up against Br'er Fox is going to be a politician from the big city. And this is set in Hmm. modern day. So like modern day South, like uh, Florida, Georgia line or like Alabama, Florabama around there. So like golfy, um, but not like, I don't know. Yeah. More golfy. That's what I'm thinking. So like, property development people on beachfront Bray rabbit's been there forever and has his way of living and his friends and his family and just like this wonderful kind of like uh, i'm gonna pick another racist property dukes of hazard type lifestyle <laughs> fair game there's a I suppose. theme yeah there's yeah, a theme. yeah invention uh, Br'er fox is a politician coming in to develop the property for the gulf front and wants to kick all these people out. And I think this is a movie. This is a movie, not a show. Can't keep going. Um, and Br'er Bear also represents like this rival clan of local people. Not clan with a K, clan with a C. Uh, Ooh, oh, <laughs> goodness. It is a sequel. Uh, I, again, I'm saying not racist. I'm explicitly saying I'm taking the racist parts out, making it clear. <laughs> the racism part is gone. Um, but it's about... Mm-hmm. Br'er Rabbit and his friends having strength and diversity in uh, what they are. So we have a little bit of like hillbilly, uh, a little bit of like the Black South, a little bit of the Creole South, uh, a little bit Caribbean all thrown in together. And they're all like Princess and the Frog style living in like this bayou-like environment um, where they get along and they just have like their fun ways. But they're being challenged by retail development. Disney World! Um and being forced to kick out. But Br'er Rabbit has to find a way to get around this, and ultimately by the end is realizing that uh, the city's coming, no matter what, and Br'er Fox does represent everyone in the city, and he meets great people, Zootopia style, um, and finds a way that, like, the diversity that he's found strength in his community of many different people, finds a way to survive by intermingling and coexisting with the city and development happening around them, and they can grow together. It's not city versus country. See what I did there? It became a political statement. Ha ha! And Br'er Bear helps. I think they join forces. Like they start as enemies, they join forces against Br'er Fox. Hmm. I'm probably not done with my time. So no. actors. You have 56 minutes, 56 seconds left. Jeez. Not minutes. I can't keep going. Um, for actors, I'm thinking. Um, Br'er Fox, having just seen the Wonder Woman 1984 sequel uh, trailer, would be Pedro Pascal. Um, <laughs> just like an evil corporate southern businessman. Um, I think Br'er Bear would be David Harbour. Uh, just because I'm really getting to his, his whole aesthetic right now. 
Uh, David Harbour would be good for that. And Br'er Rabbit. Mm, I don't have anyone top of mind for Br'er Rabbit. Um, but just because I think about it a lot recently, I think, and to get some women in here, of course, we need Lizzo to be like a side character, not a romantic interest. Uh, just Lizzo voicing mm. like the secondary character. That would bring a whole different level to Disney music, I would assume. <laughs> Disney music? Yeah, to bring in Lizzo. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how that would go. I mean, it is, the original <clears throat> was Song of the South, so you have zippity doo da. I um, think she'd just sing her song Boys. Because she likes country boys, she likes inner city boys. She has so a clean re- face. You'd remove it from the plantation and move it forward to a different location. I don't know if you caught the first sentence of my pitch, which is removing the racist parts. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not pretending that it doesn't exist, but kind of doing a movie that's the exact opposite and a celebration of diversity of the South and coming together without explicitly being against and trying to rewrite what song the South was. But something more diaspora as mm-hmm. opposed to lingering in one particular area exactly okay i think i could buy it <laughs> i'll take i think i could buy it yeah yeah i i think there's some there's a kernel there <clears throat> not a kernel like <laughs> but it's <laughs> a lot of opportunities for this <laughs> yes there are quite a lot of opportunities and possibilities there yeah <laughs> okay are you ready for your prompt? I really don't know after that. I, don't, I feel like <laughs> I gave a really hard one. That was hard. Um, do you want, because I have two options for you. Do you want oh one that gosh. I think is um, easier, but perhaps unexpected, or one that is um, <laughs> more familiar, but harder? Oh, my. Oh. I don't know. Whatever's going to be, there's going to be another Chris in a different universe who has to do the opposite one. It's true. We're getting different timelines now. Do you want the future or the past? Oh, man. Uh, Let's do future. Future? Okay. You're prompt uh, because Disney now owns and is absent from Disney Plus Futurama. And you're going to do a Futurama <laughs> spinoff that is appropriate for Disney Plus and its oh. family audience. And oh, you just man. let me know when you're ready. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, I think I I I think I I think I can do this. I think I could do this. All right. 4 minutes are going on the clock. I'm going to call time cuz I don't want to change the settings of my phone to turn on sound. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go now. All right, so we take Futurama and you pull out Dwight who is Hermes' son, and Hubert, 
Hubert Fons- Farnsworth's um, clone son, <laughs> and you pull them out into their own series, um, which is them going through school. So it's them basically two middle schoolers, best friends, um, living life, trying strange jobs in the future, um, going through love and those interests. So it it feels a little bit closer to um, what is what is that one? Lizzie McGuire that they're redoing. So if you want those early, early Lizzie McGuire feels, but with a Simpsons Futurama sensibility and sense of humor. So really smart stuff to nerdy, smart kids trying to make it through life, but also somehow ending up being the misfits in their really smart school. So there's a school of all just really nerdy nerdy kids there's like the really cool nerd kid who would be ostracized at a non-honors school um but they are the but Dwight and Hubert are the ones who are having a hard time trying to keep up in this school of really really smart people so it goes on through there's a lot of science and stem and you could if you wanted to throw in an educational aspect to it so it becomes more magic school bus-ish, you know, where they're like traveling through and learning things in their in their science class because they have a really cool teacher. Actually, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to give them a really cool teacher who's a robot um, who has the brain of a teacher who retired that everybody wanted to keep around. So somebody dug up the teacher's brain and reanimated it in a robot form to take these kids on adventures. But then, you know, every so often the teacher has a problem, um, gets disconnected, breaks, but every, every episode it's a little different, something that goes wrong with the teacher and the kids and the students have to come up with their own way out of things. So they're they're trying to figure things out. They can't rely on being saved by the adult. They have to do it themselves. And it's them working together and making alliances and being friends and cooperating to get them through. And that's the real lesson every time, even though we get to learn things like how the body works and crazy robotics and Maybe there's a live action thing at the very end with um, Billy West in cosplay as Dr. Farnsworth um, trying to give everyone a, a real lesson on something real, but not quite real. I, th- I think that's the way that I would go with it. And it would be totally, um, oh, because... It would be part National Geographic and part, you know, 20th Century Fox. So you could lean on it both ways. I, th- I think that's how I would do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> how much time do I have left? Three seconds. Oh, great. I'm done. Time. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the other prompt? I'm really curious about the other prompt now. Uh, my other prompt for you was going to do... Th- 
an Aladdin TV show reboot, but in the world of the live action movie. Oh, but the TV show still animated. That would have been cool. I'd watch that. <laughs> I don't, that was the pitch. Like, I wouldn't have had any work to do. <laughs> I mean, you have to, like, say what happens. I suppose, but I would have, I'd watch that. Disney, I'd watch that. <laughs> Disney, I'd watch that. The new show from Disney Plus. I'd, where we just pull people who watch our products asking what they'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the prompt I was going to give you. Oh, there was a different prompt you forgot. Yeah, the the other one that I was going to do was that was easier was um a reboot of The Rescuers. Oh, see, I don't know. I haven't seen that since like 1991. Oh. I know that they exist. I I arguably know more about Song of the South, so I feel better about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, I, I would still watch a reboot of The Rescuers. I would. That's something I would still want to see. It feels it feels ripe and ready. Yeah, adventuring mice where you could take Miss Bianca and turn her into a super spy. That would be like basically Black Widow, but not. I think you just like Disney movies with mice, like Great Mouse <laughs> Detective, The Rescuers. <laughs> yeah, my my mom loved mice. Mm. Anyway. All right. That's round one. I I felt pretty good about that. That was a good warm-up. We survived. We we made it. (laughs) (laughs) We both passed. Um, Well, between each other. I don't know if we passed (laughs) according to the world around us. But So round two, live-action property, moving it to an animated remake. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first this time? Like, hand it to me first this time? or? Yeah, I can do that. I have a couple options because I wasn't sure if you'd seen all these or knew them well enough to talk about them. So I will give you one and you can say pass. <laughs> and if you pass, I have a different one. That's okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> all right. So prompt number one, Princess Diaries. Hmm. I've never seen it. Okay, so I guess I'll pass. I mean, I wanted to see it. It's good. It's on Disney+. Plus. You should watch it. I should watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh Um, The next one, um, I also haven't seen, but I feel like the title is self-explanatory. I was going through the Disney Plus catalog. Um, An animated remake of The Cat from Outer Space. Oh, that's a fun one. I like that one. Okay. All right. Four minutes are on the clock. I'll call time when you're done. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Go. All right. We open on a planet that is mostly empty. We see nothing. We see nothing at all on this planet. Then from the side... Out we see what looks like a normal everyday house cat walking around, doing cat things, playing around. And then another cat, which is slightly larger, walks in and says, Sir, 
there's a new report. <laughs> you know, there's um, there's something happening in sector 7G. Because, you know, that's the first thing that comes to my brain. Is that where Homer Simpson works? Yes. Anyway, it's like in, in, in the Nevada sector of 7G, there's, a, you know, some nice technological space speak. And the other cat stretches and says, I'll go take a look. And heads out and they go to a monitor and they're, it's a nice control room where all the cats are kind of walking all over the keyboards and everything. So, but it's them at their control center, but it looks like cats just wandered around an office that have been let through, but they're all doing the work and have a report and they, they have it viewed on earth and they, they understand that there's something happening. There is a worldwide threat to this location um, and they have many of their, um, they've lost contact with a great deal, many of their operatives and they have to go down and see what's happening because it is a protected area. So the main cat gets a, an elite squad of their five of them, five cats that go, go down they get hooked in with their equipment, which are just collars that helps them talk and have everything that they need with them. They hop into a spaceship and they fly to Earth and then they land and they meet a young girl who shows them around and teaches them about Earth and where things are. And she has to be the voice for them so that they don't let on that they're from another planet um, but also somebody from the Secret Service or the CIA or FBI, all of them, find out that these cats are actually talking and try to stop these cats. But the other cats are trying to help the cats that have lost contact, which is basically every house cat in the world who've been um, somehow turned into just regular house cats. And then we have to find out who's doing this to the cats. And there's a there's a timer because they're all getting picked off and and losing their capacity to speak and reason until there's only one cat left. And she has to win the day. I think that's cat from outer space. OK, Re that's, a, that's the remake of it. Who's, who's the bad guy who's doing it i don't know <laughs> i don't know who the bad guy is it's surprising though i can tell you that it's not who you think it is <laughs> okay <laughs> i know that's slightly cheating but it's also true like i don't want it to be obvious that it's some maniacal person it's somebody who thinks that they're doing a good thing to help cats i mm. think it's Honestly, I think it's a cat who is trying to help other cats and realizing, you know, we don't have to work. We can we can live in luxury. They can just have fun. We can just fun have cat fun. Meow. Fun cat meow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like. Well, that is time for that one, too. <laughs> got a little bit extra in there. 
All right, all right. <laughs> have you seen the original Cat from Outer Space? I have a long time ago. I remember okay. wanting to. Um, I, I think I saw it when I way back when I was like eight or nine. But there's the cat that talks. Um, the collar flashes when the cat's talking, so you don't have mm. to animate a mouth or anything like that. So I think it is ripe for remake because okay. it's something that's out there and it just sounds ridiculous. So I was just kind of going through Disney plus movie titles at one point, like what's the most ridiculous thing I could find that sounds like Chris could make it animated. I honestly thought you were going to grab the, the computer wore tennis shoes or something. I thought about shaggy DA. Oh yeah. That would have, that, that one's an obvious one too. <laughs> that one would do well. There's a bunch of things I've never seen that sound insane. <laughs> All right, I'll give you one. Okay. I have I have a couple. Mm. I have an I have an easy one, but I'm gonna give you one and see uh, what you think. And if you need clarification or need to ask a question, because I have seen this one, okay. let me know. Okay. Um, Blackbeard's ghost. Uh, tell me more about this. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I assume <laughs> that there are some children, and the antagonist is Blackbeard's ghost. No, actually, so. There's a track coach. <laughs> Let me start there. What? <laughs> there's a there's a there's a track coach who's going to teach who's going to coach track at this college that doesn't do well. And um, somehow the ghost of Blackbeard is trapped in this area um, needing to do good and he decides to help the track team win because no one can see Blackbeard. And so he helps them run and like do high jumps and do stuff. It's basically throwing kids over the bar and <laughs> running with them so that way they can go faster or farther to help win their track meet. And only one person can see Blackbeard's ghost and that's the track coach. So what's the plot? That's that's it. The black beard. Do they like win a contest at the end? Like, yeah, they, they win a the track. Original? They win a track meet. Mm, okay, but it's a live action remake. That's that's like the that's the that's the core of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Black okay. a ghost. One person can see him. Hmm. Okay. Let me know when you feel it, and I will. Uh, I'll hit the timer. <clears throat> this is riveting podcasting. Okay. I think I have enough that I can uh, riff off of. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Four minutes. Go. Yeah. Okay. At this new school in coastal Caribbean, Florida. I'm doing a lot of Caribbean Ooh, stuff today. That's fun. Uh, I like it. <clears throat> so we have um, Kate McKinnon is a new track coach. Oh. Who comes to town. I love it. I'm here. <laughs> Done. She's strange. She needs a job. She's just like kind of over the whole thing. Um, but she needs to have a win in her life. She's like moving back home with her parents in Florida. Because otherwise she wouldn't want to be in Florida whatsoever. And kind of thinks that she's above. Um, I, I don't think there's any rural Florida per se. But um, <laughs> small town Florida. Um, so she meets... Um, some kids on this track team that she decides to help coach. 
um, and um, do this. And it's an intramural track team. Yes. I want boys and girls. Um, (laughs) They don't do well because it's humid in Florida. uh, And they're going up against other teams where there isn't humidity. And part of this is learning about, like, how to do all this stuff. Um, And Kate McKinnon um, goes into the school's basement. And it turns out that part of this town, I'm pulling from San Francisco lore here, is essentially Bayville. So it's an old bay where they've dumped dirt until they could build more town on top of it. And the school's Hmm. basement actually has a hull of a ship in it, which is a true thing that happens in San Francisco, believe it or not. Um, So I'm pretending it's happened in Florida, too. So it turns out that ship is Blackbeard's ship, and no one has known it this whole time. Um, but that's how the ghost gets involved. The school's built on Blackbeard's watery grave. Nice. <laughs> Boom. I, I'm ready for this. Let's thank you. Um, so Kate McKinnon befriends Blackbeard's ghost in a traditional Kate McKinnon way, and um, <laughs> kind of promises that if the ghost helps them win their track meet and proves that she's a good coach, so she can leave, she'll help Blackbeard. Um, get his revenge or something like that. Like not intending to follow through whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Indeed, the ghost helps him win the track meet with only a little bit of uh, discovering that he likes the screams of children and can um, catapult them greatly through great lengths. And that helps everyone. He gets a kick out of it too. And Kate McKinnon kind of thinks that he's changing his mind and realizes that um, Blackbeard is stuck at olden times, and uh, the culmination is that he hasn't changed his mind. Um, and he still wants to get revenge on the town for sinking his ship and all the descendants or something, and the descendants hmm. of the people are the kids, um, the conquistadors, um, the conquista children, if you will. Uh, conquista kids? Conquista kids! Oh. <laughs> Good name for this movie. Um <clears throat> And uh, they have to band together to defeat Blackbeard's ghost and his pirate ghost crew in a track meet. Uh, <laughs> or or using... No, oh, sorry. That's your time. <laughs> this is my pitch, Chris. I know, it's your time. <laughs> I just um, wanted to help. <clears throat> How much time do I have left? 36 seconds. 36 seconds. I think that Blackbeard is played uh, perhaps by um, Seth Rogen. Like, not threatening, but can be threatening enough when he needs to be. Uh, something you never, like, feel truly threatened by. Um, and there's lots of no-name kids. We, like, the, the new Disney Channel kids. It's Disney Plus kids. Um, but the twist at the end, the stinger at the end of the credits. So they defeat Blackbeard's ghost. Oh, a curse the day. Goes back to the basement. They covered up with dirt, whatever. Um, the twist, the stinger after the credits, is that this is a soft reboot of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise set in the modern day. And there are more movies to come. Nice. That 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 was that was a that was nice. I'll I'll take the uh, Blackbeard's Ghost animated film that becomes an animated Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's. I'll I'll take that. You got that's a twofer. Nice yeah. job. Wow. Why to make it big? There had to be some twist at the end. I don't know okay. if about Blackbeard's Ghost. I was like, it's pirates. I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna keep saying is I would watch that. Ta-da! <clears throat> I was just gonna say the the thing I was gonna say to help is you know the kids are gonna use their actual track skills to uh, end up beating them. To defeat the ghost tracks and the track meet. 
or not even have it at a track meet. Like they fight them on the ship, but using the things that they couldn't do in the track meet. But now that it's life and death, they're actually able to do the things that they weren't able to do. Like you find a high jump, you find a pole vault, you find the, you know, all those fun little things. I was prepared just to go cheesy and have it be like a pirate themed track meet event. Like whoever can carry the most treasure the farthest, or something <laughs> like that. <clears throat> and they find their kid way to outsmart them. Yeah, exactly. That feels a little Scooby Doo ish, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. It can be cheesy. That's fine. The other choices I was going to give you were um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm. which I think is begging for some kind of remake, sequel, animation thing. Haven't they already done an animated series of that? They did a live action series. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Which was kind of fun. Hmm. Um, so Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and what was the other live action one that I had in my back pocket, just in case, like, those didn't work? I think it was Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Pirates in My Brain. Pirates in My Brain! Because I'm like, that's basically three-fourths animated anyway, so why not yeah, just exactly. take it the, f- the rest of the way there? I'd just go traditional, forget the computer part. Oh, yeah, 2D, that'd be great. Or oh, Vampirina meets Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. Like they go on vacation to Disney World and they encounter the pirates. Ah, this is a whole new prompt. That would be save it for next time. <laughs> All right, this brings All us right. to round three. Yes. The 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 dream big four minute pitch for a dream project of each person's choice and chris like i said i cheated uh i developed a number of things and i feel like i have to give a few quick sentences to my runners up before my four minutes start Um, so if you feel the same go for it yeah go 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 right ahead that's okay uh then before my timer starts i have to say um obviously if you listen to the podcast you're a longtime fan my top choice would be a gargoyles reboot keep it animated keep it serialized like ducktail style but there's not as much of a big universe to pull from um, just update the time period, uh, keep it tight, make sure there's women in from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to add them later. Yeah, I, I think it would just be, uh, I don't want to get too in depth on that, but Gargoyles reboots my number one. Number two, which I got really in the weeds on before I realized it's not animated. <laughs> it's just a new Muppet show for Disney+. Plus where there's a new Muppet Show episode each time they upload something new to Disney Plus, like the first of each month. And it's just the celebrities in those shows as guests on the Muppet Show. And it could have Mickey Mouse clips or Forky Asks a Question or whatever shorts um, thrown into this Muppet Show world on top of them plugging what's happening at Disney Plus that month. Easy. Um, And I haven't flushed this out, but also like a short series where like Mickey Mouse and Friends tour the national parks in a partnership with National Geographic part animated, part live action, showing off parks to nature, but Mickey going to visit friends around the country and seeing what animated friends live in those parks, being educational for kids. Hmm. Those are my runners up wow. for Dream Project. That I'm I'm looking forward to whatever the 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 four minute dream project is. Uh goes off the rails. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you do you want to go first then? <clears throat> uh yeah, I'm ready. Whenever this four minutes. All right. 
All right, you ready? Okay. And go. A Zootopia prequel. Oh. <laughs> people want a Zootopia series, and people want like a Zootopia sequel series, but what I really want is just more in the world of Zootopia. Yes, I like the characters, but I just want to go way before Zootopia because the city of Zootopia, not the movie, the city shows you a sparkling utopia, if you will, uh, where everything is designed so it's equally accessible for everyone, predator and prey, size, ability, whatever, doesn't matter. Everyone is alike and treated equally, like a utopia. I want to see the Zootopia prequel set in like the equivalent of like the 1860s, 1870s, basically Wild West, where that doesn't exist. It is most of the prey and predator people want to get along, but there are extremes on each side, just like in the movie Zootopia, um, who fight each other and are basically at war. And there's the people who just want to get along and have their family in the middle, kind of Civil War style, minus the slavery part. Um, man, I have a lot of, like, removing the racism today, too. Caribbean and racism. Um, <laughs> and I think it's about as they expand the world westward it's discovering new nature new lands and new species as well that they have to uh kind of coexist with and talk about like how most people just want to get along but some people prey and predator alike just want to fight and seeing how those species coexist and live in the westlands um, but it's also putting our ragtag band of heroes who i think work for some kind of secret government society like Wild Wild West style um, into perilous nature situations where their abilities are tested to the limits and not all of them are equally capable, unlike what the city of Zootopia eventually provides. And so it's about them finding strength and togetherness in contrast with what those around them in the greater world and war are at war for. So we have... Um, I think it's headed up. This agency is like headed by like this older, mm, I don't know, like older dog lady, I think of some kind. Um, and part of it is recognizing both historically what the world was at at the time, like historical fiction, but with animals um, and saying that partly no one will believe this government secret society exists because a woman is in charge and it's the 1870s in the wild west. Um, hmm. And they go on these secret missions to, like, find this stuff. I don't know. Uh, not fully fledged. Fully fleshed out. Um, but I think I want, like, um, a gazelle. And I think one of the core mysteries is one of the main characters is a jackalope, which, of course, is a mythical character of the West, not a real animal. And Zootopia has real animals, not mythical animals. And I think part of it is the mystery of, like, why jackalope person? Um, like a young a young Luke Skywalker type person, like a, a go-getter who knows nothing from the boonies and has been uh, raised by either relatives or friends and doesn't know his real family. So he's the only jackalope that they know. Mm. And I think that there's getting into the weeds of it too, because it's what I love about Zootopia is like the, the average people too. So it's not just like the action adventure, like, swashbuckling show that's also like the agency wants to know why they're spending so much money so the accountant goes on an adventure with them one week and uh the accountant 
is enlightened with what they have to go through instead of just like having to count the money itself. Um, and I think we get to do some steampunk too. Steampunk. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Steampunk Zootopia style. Yeah. So it's like dead wood, but Zootopia, like dead wood yes. politics wise. But also this nice cooperation story, friends building. I was thinking more like the um, the Scrooge McDuck flashbacks in DuckTales 2017. Oh, sure. The 1800s, yeah. Yeah. More that style. Got it. Like Got adventure, it. it's good, it's back then. Goldie's around, but not really. Uh, stuff like that. That'd be a different way of coming at the Zootopia universe. That'd be fun. Yeah, same thematic idea, but a lot more challenges now that the... Because I think the point of Zootopia, the movie, is you've realized the real theme and challenges towards the end. So now that you already know all that about the world of Zootopia, you can have a show where that's at the front and center from the beginning. Hmm. That's really cool. Thank you. So So um, four dream projects, Disney executive. Choose from one. (laughs) One of my runners-up was the... um, Absent-minded professor or flubber um, animated show for like Disney Junior era kids. So it kind of ends up being like Dexter's Lab in a way. But, but Does Disney own flubber? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was a Disney film, yeah. Absent-minded oh. professor. Okay. So, yeah. Dean Jones, who also was in basically everything. Live action. He was in in the Cat from Outer Space, in Blackbeard's Ghost. He was in Herbie the Love Bug. He was in the Shaggy Dog. He was in basically everything. I think he was even in the Computer War Tennis Shoes, I think. Although that was a Kurt Russell film, but I think Dean Jones was in that a little bit. He's also in Gus, the movie about the um, field coal kicking donkey. Also starring Don Knotts. The prequel to Airbud. Yeah, basically. The um, spiritual prequel to Airbud. Okay. <laughs> now I know. I'm not saying any of those are any of my. Um, I was trying to come up with like a Herbie show, but that'd be interesting. But okay, now that so they have cars. No, no, my runner up was. Um, Absent-minded professor. Absent-minded professor, yeah. Flubber. Mm-hmm. So, a young girl who's able to um, be an inventor. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like a chic in STEM type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But she's not great at it. She's still learning. But she's... I mean, that's important to see, too. You don't have to be naturally talented to get good at something. Right. It's not a because it's... You're not good at something because it's easy. You're good at something because you work hard at it. Like mm-hmm. It's a very growth mindset idea. So that's my runner-up. I was like, oh, I could, that would be fun for like Disney junior age. But not be real science. Be like crazy flubber science. <laughs> flubber rules apply. Like it's kind of real, but not at all. I'm surprised they didn't reboot Flubber when Slime had its moment, like, for two weeks. 
right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm interested. I, that's very you so far, so I'm ready to hear your, your dream <laughs> pitch. Let me know when I should uh, start your timer. All right. This will never be made, but I'm going to go for it. Okay. Go. So we're going to do a prequel series for Who Framed Roger Rabbit called Valiant and Valiant, where we follow the adventures of young Eddie Valiant and his brother, Teddy Valiant. So it's Eddie and Teddy Valiant going through Toontown and learning uh, how this beat works, starting up their detective agency from the ground up and starting to become famous for being the detectives who handle the tune cases. They're ridiculed by the police, the live action police, um, ridicule them for taking all these tune cases, but they love it and they're excited to do it. And that's one of the main reasons why they leave. Um, And sometimes though, very much like Sherlock Holmes, the live action police need their help because something from the tune world has come in and caused a problem. Um, There's been a lot of banking, um, bank heists and things like that that they have to figure out. Somebody keeps robbing these banks and they can't figure out who's done it. Um, But there's evidence that leads them to believe that it's possibly a tune causing the problem. So it's a very short series, about three seasons probably, 10 episodes apiece. You have Nathan Fillion as Eddie Valiant, um, which would be really terrific. Um, Wouldn't that be fun? That's perfect. And then you'd get um, uh, you'd get um, Alan Tudyk as Teddy Valiant. So you bring them back together, which is fun, but also you allow them to be really, really silly and ridiculous and you get them the first few episodes. It's really fun and lighthearted and right around episode five, it starts getting a little darker where you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And then once you get into season three, you start getting closer to um, the events of who framed Roger rabbit or like the things that cause the Eddie Valiant of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So basically season two ends with Teddy Valiant's death at the hands of a mysterious figure. And then Eddie trying to find that whole time to get the killer and being unable to, and then losing off the rails. And then you jump time and you see like the so it kind start. of ends on like a downer. Right. Yeah. And then you jump time a little bit to get the hint of who framed Roger Rabbit, but just a teeny little bit. But Roger Rabbit's not in it. You mostly have Disney characters because it's Disney Plus. But you have some characters that are made up for the the series specifically. Um, a couple of tune love interests for Teddy Valiant, who's a little bit more popular than Eddie which I think is cool. Um, But it ends up being about the two brothers and doing things their own way, even though it's silly. And even though a lot of people tell them that it's 
ridiculous. They don't mind because that's who they are and they're going to live their lives and take care of the people who have accepted them. And it's that first season that lets them be taken um, taken in by the Toon community to be like, you are our guys. We will come to you when we need help. And they're able to help not tame Toontown, but be a part and be members and citizens of Toontown and accepted for who they are. I love it. That is time. <laughs> I I know that I've heard bits of that pitch before and I like it. I'd watch Valiant and Valiant. I like it more that you've cast people in it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fun. <laughs> it's always fun to cast folks in there. I don't know who oh, yeah. I would cast as Dolores. I I want it to be a newcomer, but mm. or somebody who's not quite known i would be a newcomer because all the famous people be rushing for this project that i've just pitched as a (laughs) an unknown writer we we could probably get to do some auditions (laughs) everyone auditions for this role nathan (laughs) well so for homework time you are to show this to a disney executive and uh let them hire us for one of these pitches yeah, choose your favorite. If there's a uh, one thing that you say, yes, let's do that. I want to. I want to go to there, and we will yes and that and come up with a a real pitch deck for this, <laughs> and not just four minutes of a uh, improv on a podcast in your ear holes. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for this one. I, I had a lot of fun with it. That's yeah. it's always challenging and strange to see where things end up once you start going with an idea it's like oh this can build into something interesting mm-hmm. no matter how much of a corner you're backed into you can find a way out which is i think the point of writing on a tv show right and our actual friends who write on tv shows can correct us on that or not but <laughs> <laughs> that's my impression <sighs> so shall we talk your actual homework time yes let's For next time, you should check out Harley Quinn, the new animated TV show from DC. I think the first episode is available on YouTube and the rest are on the DC Universe app if you subscribe to that. Um, One word of warning, while it is animated and DC, it is not child-friendly. So know that before you decide to watch this with your family. Um, But we'll be discussing that next time. Awesome. As always, we want to say thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Thank you to Nigel Curtino, our sound engineer. You can find us on Twitter at WG Animated and our contact information by direct messaging us there um, with the contract attached to your direct message, please. And you can find our show notes, of which there will be none this week on <laughs> writersgetanimated.podbean.com Well, that went well. Yeah. That's Toontown, baby. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>